When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Episode 159 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you with more Knicks talk, more NBA talk this week. We don't miss a week of podcasting around here. Thanks as always for joining me. Very excited to talk some Knicks and NBA news that's floating around the ether. We will get to the Donovan Mitchell speculation. Will he be traded to the Knicks? Will he be traded to another contender in the East? Will he stay in Utah? Doesn't look like it. If a team can come forward with the right deal, we will touch upon all of the different aspects of that. A few more thoughts on the KD Kyrie saga that continues in Brooklyn. And my goodness, it's all over the place. It really is going a little nuts right now. We'll get to the big DeAndre Ayton news as well and what it could mean for KD in a potential move maybe to Phoenix. Does he want to go back to Golden State? We'll touch on all of that and a whole lot more. First and foremost, the Knicks' big wheeling and dealing moves have officially been putting pen to paper, essentially. Jalen Brunson, Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein have all signed their contracts. They are all officially members of the New York Knicks. Very exciting stuff. We can take a little bit of a deep breath. The the crazy draft night fiasco if you will has proved to be somewhat fruitful and uh, I think we can start to move on from it and see what this team could potentially look like and really the next steps uh, really in this offseason are whether or not the Knicks are going to put together a deal to get Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz I mean that's really the big talking point this week is you've heard I'm sure if you've been following it Multiple different reporters come out. The the one that I've been following the most on this has been Brian Windhorst of ESPN. And his reporting on this is extremely compelling. I think he's one of the best still uh, at it doing this with the NBA on a day-in and day-out basis. So I find it fascinating, the current situation. So I, I think Brian Windhorst went on the Dan Patrick show either yesterday or the day before, I forget. Again, we record on the Thursday. Podcast goes out Friday morning. So this is either Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, basically saying that right now, for what the Jazz want, and Danny Ainge, who's you know taken over this new rebuild, wants draft picks, the Knicks have the most equity in a potential trade. And what from what Brian Windhorst has heard 
it sounds like the game plan for Utah is to try to get teams like Miami and others to try and get in on the action here. And there's multiple teams that want Donovan Mitchell, and rightly so, to try to jack up the price so the Knicks will trade a crap ton of draft picks to them. That's basically, according to Brian Windhorst, what Utah's game plan is right now. They are trying to get the Knicks to give up as many of their draft picks as possible. And if I, if I remember correctly, the Knicks have roughly 11 draft picks that they can trade, something like that. And I think eight of them are first-round picks. It's something crazy like that. And that's a lot. That's a lot. That can help you restart something, right? Now... My initial thought as a Nick fan, right, is there is, you know, the cons, right? The pros of a potential Donovan Mitchell trade are you get one of the best guards in the NBA. I don't know where I would put him on the list, but Donovan Mitchell, I think, has a case right now being a top 10 guard in the NBA at his position. I really don't think you can dispute that. Where he falls in the pecking order is maybe up for dispute, but I think he's top 10. That's a big deal for the Knicks. You just added a great point guard who could potentially grow into one of the best point guards in the NBA. He's still got a lot of good years ahead of him. And you have him for four years in Jalen Brunson. If you add Donovan Mitchell to that backcourt, Within the span of a month, the Knicks become a very different team. You know, it was funny. I I heard um, a few analysts talking about, well, you know, is Donovan Mitchell going to make the Knicks a playoff team if they were to get him? And it's like, well, you add Donovan Mitchell to last year's team. What does that mean? I'm like, you're not just adding Donovan Mitchell. Let's be very clear about this. Because to be honest, right, if you just... Forget about Jalen Brunson for a second here, right? Last year's Knicks team, if you just say, let's say nothing has to be done, just plug Donovan Mitchell onto that team. Do they become a top six team in the East? Maybe not. Maybe not. That's a lot of games to make up. The Knicks were not good for for two big stretches of last season, and it cost them big time. You know, they had bad two months where they had really bad stretches and the Knicks season completely fell apart because of that. So just adding Donovan Mitchell probably doesn't change that. But the Knicks didn't just add, or in this in this scenario, they won't just be adding Donovan Mitchell. They will have addressed the point guard position with Jalen Brunson. They will have re-signed a hopefully healthy Mitchell Robinson. They've kept him in the fold. So... These are things where you then say, well, if you if you revamp the backcourt here and it's Brunson and Mitchell throwing it in with Barrett and Fournier and Randall and hopefully Robinson and some of the depth that the Knicks have added this to this team, like like Hartenstein in particular, that's a team that might be able to make up that ground. That's a team that might be able to be a top six team in the East. 
I know, and I know the East is deep. But the other thing to consider here is we should also, if we're, if we're playing the hypothetical, well, how many wins do they add thing? How many losses are added to the Nets when you take away KD and Kyrie? That would be a spot like that. That's a top six spot with them healthy. You'd expect to be filled by the Nets. Not going to happen potentially here. We'll get to that. Trust me. We will get to that in a little bit. Just saying like it's not out of the realm of possibility. If Donovan Mitchell is added to this Knicks team that they are a top six team the next three or four seasons. It's definitely possible. Are they a championship team? No. I don't think so. But they're a damn lot closer. They are a lot close. They're a perennial playoff team. That's a team that should never miss the playoffs. And again, you'd hope that the Knicks would add on there. Because what a what a couple of pieces to have to, to attract free agents in Mitchell and Brunson. With a young R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle that is, you know, two seasons removed from being an all-star, could potentially still be a part of it unless the Knicks have to, you know, open things up. But I'm just saying, there's the Knicks become more attractive. They become a destination. Those are the pros. There's a lot of them. Donovan Mitchell makes the Knicks a contender in the East. No mistake about it. Jalen Brunson makes the Knicks competitive. Donovan Mitchell makes them a contender. That's the difference. The cons. And I was really racking my brain about this uh, a couple of nights ago because I think there's more than I'd like to believe, right? Because we're all biased. We're Knicks fans. We want it to work out. If the Knicks go through with this, we want this to work. But there's quite a few cons. There's a lot of risk to this move. You're giving up a lot for a guy that, as good as he is, has not gotten his team to a conference finals. That's a lot to give up. Now, you could argue... From a Knicks perspective, getting back to the second round of the playoffs would be a a huge accomplishment. And I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But the other thing I think about is what if those draft picks could create a team that's competitive for 10 years? For 10 years, be competitive. That's what I worry about, right? You're, you're throwing away quite a few picks. Now, you're getting a, you're, the reward you're getting is potentially extremely significant. Make no mistake about it. But that's a lot. That's a lot of picks. There's also reports now that, you know, you might have to throw in a player. Would that player be R.J. Barrett? That makes me apprehensive. I want to keep R.J. Barrett. I like R.J. Barrett. Is that player Quentin Grimes? I like Quentin Grimes quite a bit. I like what his future could could be with the Knicks. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because the, the thing is, right? 
if you're going to get Donovan Mitchell, you're hoping the next five years are phenomenal. The next five years. That's what you're hoping. You're trading, potentially having to wait five years and then for 10 great years, for five great years now. That's the trade-off. That's really what it comes down to. If you're if you're the Knicks, do you want five great years now? Because Donovan Mitchell is 25, he'll be 26 in September. Or do you want to wait and then in maybe three to five years, then you might get 10 years of success? It's a tricky, it's a tricky one. I think Knicks fans want the five now. <laughs> I I would have to think about that. It's why I'm glad I don't have to do this for a profession. You know, being a president of basketball operations, GM, you name it. That's a that's a tough choice. Now, maybe it's a little bit easier because of the organization these guys work for. The the Knicks need to be good now. ASAP. We got time to make up for here. You know, lost time where the Knicks have got to be good again. We got one of those years back two years ago. That's not enough. It's not enough. You know, to to be good once every 20 years, once every 10, 15, 20 years, not good enough. The Knicks need a five, 10 year stretch again where they're good, where they define a generation. We haven't had that since the 90s. That's 30 years ago. 30 years ago. That was the last time the Knicks defined or helped to define the NBA. And they still didn't win a title. They didn't win one. So that is what this front office is striving for. To be honest with you, if if you're, and I'm sure many of you will after this podcast goes out, um, if you're making me choose, right? And you're saying, no, 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 you got to pick. You're taking the five now or are you waiting five and taking the 10? I'm taking the five. If I had to pick, I'm taking the five. I want to be good now. We've had, we've waited long enough, right? We've waited long enough. So if you're telling me that the Knicks can get Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I want the Knicks to save some of those picks, please. Let's save a few of those. That'd be great. But Donovan Mitchell makes me more than excited for next season and for five years down the road. Because, Don, again, 25 years old, Donovan Mitchell could be a big part of this Knicks team for, for six, seven years if he plays his cards right. And four or five of those years are likely going to be in his prime. It's hard not to turn that down. It really, it's, that's one that's tough to pass up. I think Donovan Mitchell makes the Knicks a big game changer in the East. I really do. And it take, I mean, and to be honest with you, this, this should be taken into account as well. I know everyone looks at playoffs and, 
and the Jazz haven't been past the second round since Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert have been the stars of that team. It's a part of why this team has been broken up. But the regular season numbers, I, I mean, the Utah Jazz were one of the best regular season teams in the NBA for five years. That can't really be argued. The, the Utah Jazz, for a, for, really for this entire time, that Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and, and this supporting cast were there. You know, Joe Ingles. This team has been one of the best in, in the better conference. The, the West has been the best conference for probably 10, 15 years now, on the whole. But, I mean, just looking since 2016-17, 51 wins, 48 wins, 50 wins, 44 wins, 52 wins, 49 wins. Tough to deal, tough to beat that consistency. And I think they won three division championships during that run. And again, no one cares about that, but that's worth mentioning. But the biggest, again, the, the biggest thing is they never got to a Western Conference final. It's tough to do that in the West. It's not easy to do that. You're dealing with a, a generation-defining team in Golden State. You're dealing with you know, a LeBron James Lakers team for some of those years. These past two years, you're dealing with one of the best Phoenix Suns teams of all time. On top of that, and the Jazz got knocked out by one of the best point guards potentially to ever play the game in Luka Doncic if he, if he continues down this path, who just got to his first conference final. So there's a lot in that Western Conference to deal with. Denver's in there. The Clippers are in there. It's not easy. But the Utah Jazz were one of the best regular season teams, and Donovan Mitchell was the star of that team. The Knicks, the Knicks fans would take him in a heartbeat. Let's make no mistake about it. Very, very simple one on that front. It's just about, you know, what the Knicks would potentially give up. That's really what this comes down to. That's that's the big talking point here. Will the price point be too high for the Knicks to pull the trigger? I think the Knicks should do it. I really do. I, I think the Knicks can get this. Because again, let's be very clear. This would work for both teams. But I think Utah really wants to start over here. Maybe not more than the Knicks want to be good. But they, they, they've they said publicly that they'd like to keep Donovan Mitchell. Don't be fooled. They'd trade him tomorrow if they got the right deal. They want to be done with him. They think that they've got to start over. And they're in a rebuild. They got rid of Rudy Gobert. Don't make any hesitations about the fact about whether or not they're willing to trade Donovan Mitchell. They would do it tomorrow. So I I think the Knicks should do this. I think they should, they need to be a little bit careful here. They don't want to get rope doped into giving away 
a bleep ton of picks, but I think they, they've got enough picks to make this happen. The Knicks have got enough to water the mouths of Utah, and I think they can, they can make this happen. They might have to give up quite a few of those picks, but maybe if you give up four or five of them and you throw in Quentin Grimes, I, I think that's a pretty good... That's not too bad. It's not too bad. R.J. Barrett... I'll, I'll just say this. R.J. Barrett being part of the deal is my biggest... That's my biggest hang-up. That's, that's my biggest... Oh, boy, I don't know if I do that. I don't know if I do that. R.J. Barrett, in my opinion, is the future. He's a part of... He's, he's 10 years down the road when we're getting into the 2030s. I see R.J. Barrett potentially still being a, a, an important part of the Knicks. And I almost think it's important that he is. You know? You want your draft picks to be a part of it. That, that's, the, that's the true mark of a good NBA team, a good NBA franchise. Like the Celtics, like Golden State. You know? They developed their young stars, and they just played in the finals last year. Dallas is in that discussion as well. So that would be a big hang-up for me if I'm the Knicks. But if, you t- if you're telling me Donovan Mitchell, if, if you're telling me it's opening day and Donovan Mitchell's on the Knicks, I, I, I would take it. I would take it. No mistake. I, I would say he, I would sign up. So let me know what you think. At SHA7 on Twitter. Jesus. At SHA7 on Twitter. And uh, also postingatoasting.com. Shock Jock Knicks podcast. Hit me up. In the comments there. Clearly I need some water. So we'll take a break. And when we come back. We'll, we'll be, we might throw some of the water on this Nets uh, fire. That continues to burn throughout the offseason. A crazy, crazy back and forth between Kyrie and KD. We'll talk about DeAndre Ayton. And what that could mean for Phoenix and KD as well. And a lot more offseason news is next. On the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. All right, I got my swig of water, had a couple of orange slices, ready to go for the second half of the show. Boy, did we need some refreshments at the the break of the show because we got a lot to talk about here, second half of this thing. And we start in Brooklyn. Where, where this, I mean, it, it just seems like the, the free agent hub this offseason. It really has been uh, a lot about what's happened with KD and with Kyrie and with everything going on. Um, I guess I, you know what, I, I should preface it with the DeAndre Ayton news. So let's do that first. That's probably the biggest update in the entire saga. So basically the deal is that DeAndre Ayton... And we'll get to, again, we'll get to KD, we'll get to Kyrie in just a second. DeAndre Ayton could leave the the Suns. He has signed a four-year, $133 million offer sheet from the Pacers. And basically what that means is now the Pacers have put the ball back into into Phoenix's court in more ways than one. 
And they have said, here's the deal. We want him for this much. And Phoenix has to match that. If Phoenix matches, Phoenix gets him. If Phoenix says, you know what? He's not worth it. Or more likely scenario, Phoenix says, we could use this money for KD. They can let him go. And DeAndre Ayton would sign with the Indiana Pacers. So that's still to be figured out. Again, it's a four-year, $133 million offer sheet that DeAndre Ayton has signed. That's, that's a lot for Phoenix to have to match. But I think they would match it if they don't want KD. However, I think they would want KD. KD, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul would be a heck of a trio. And you would get Phoenix closer to you know ending this title drought and getting Chris Paul's first ring, etc. And KD would join a better equipped super team than the one he currently sits with in Brooklyn. One that is arguably on par with Golden State, who, by the way, are also in the KD sweepstakes here. They, they potentially might pull a few strings here to try and get Kevin Durant to come back to the Bay, where he left initially and said, no, 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 I'm good, I'm going to Brooklyn. The other little, little nuggy here, the other little nugget in this... Kyrie's saga and KD's saga is that Kyrie then, you know, there's reports coming out that Kyrie now wants to stay in Brooklyn. Sure. Great. I completely ignored that. When I saw that, there is no way. And I think multiple reporters have kind of, have kind of said this as well that are close to the situation here. I think there is a 110% chance that Kyrie Irving is not playing for the Brooklyn Nets next season. There's almost no way he goes back there. No way. He's gone. If one of the two stays, it's going to be KD. I think there's no way either of them stay. I think they both leave. But KD is more likely than Kyrie. And it's really just because of that contract. KD's got a lot of money left on that deal. But I th- again, teams will be willing to, to, to do it. That's the bottom line. So Phoenix has got a big decision to make. Do we bring back DeAndre Ayton, who's helped you get to a finals in one of the best regular seasons in Phoenix Suns history, has a bright future ahead of him in the NBA? Or do you let him go off to Indiana? And do you go with KD instead, potentially? And, and, and put all your chips back in the middle with KD on your team instead. You know, that's really what it comes down to. It, it's fascinating stuff. It's fascinating what's going on with this situation. It really is. And we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's a big chip. DeAndre Ayton's 23, by the way. He's got a lot of good years left. He's got... DeAndre Ayton could play for another six, seven years and be really good. Really good. So that that's that's a big choice that the Phoenix Suns organization is going to have to make here. I think if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, I think you choose KD here. It's hard not to. 
Because with KD, Phoenix becomes the favorites. I, th- I think there's no argument. I think the Phoenix Suns become the NBA front runners. You know, because if they stay healthy, I don't even know if Golden State can keep up with them. That that would be fascinating, by the way. If KD goes to Phoenix and then he's going toe to toe with Golden State, I mean, the ultimate. You know, who was right, who was wrong <laughs> in the KD leaving for Brooklyn thing. I mean, that's just where. That will get settled on the court, and that would be tremendous. But we'll see. I will say this: if Indiana gets DeAndre Ayton, that's a heck of a that's a heck of a get for them. That's a heck of a get. Now that Sabonis has moved on to Sacramento, obviously, Indiana becomes kind of interesting in the East. They really do. So that would be a big piece for them to get. But uh, the, the the thing right now is. Where is KD going to end up? And this this impacts that. Make no mistake about that. If if the next news you hear is that DeAndre Ayton is re-signed with the Phoenix Suns, that that's an op, that's a big option that gets closed out to Kevin Durant. You know, but if but if they let him go, Phoenix is risking it a little bit, but they'll they'll think that they can get KD. That's what that that's what that says. That would tell me that that. They're going to sign Kevin Durant. That's that's what that would say to me. They feel confident enough that KD wants to come to Phoenix and they're going to get it done. Now, if that if it, if it doesn't happen, does Golden State become the spot again for Kevin Durant? Goodness me. Goodness gracious me. It, it, that would be something. That would be something right there. The other thing, too... With Kyrie, and we talked about this last week, is Kyrie, you know, that, that, that Russell Westbrook swap between uh, Brooklyn and the Lakers to try to get Kyrie to the Lakers. I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but there's a lot of shoes to drop here in this, um, in this saga. It's really the only big thing left in free agency. I mean, there, were, there was a few housekeeping items. Zach Levine agreed to a five-year... $215 million Supermax deal with Chicago. Bradley Beal reached a five-year $251 million Supermax deal with the Wizards. You know, again, we talked about Jalen Brunson signing his deal with the Knicks. So, and just to be clear, Levine's was for five years, 215. Beal's five years, 251. Just to make sure there was no confusion there. Um, both Supermax deals. Uh, the other, I mean, the other, the only other free agency shoot a drop, and this is, this is a story, make no mistake about it. Um, Hornets forward, Miles Bridges, who's a restricted free agent was arrested in Los Angeles. Um, I think this was, uh, I think this was at the end of June that he got arrested. Um, and there are basically waiting to see what happens. I think uh, it's a, the information that I read about yesterday was that apparently it's a felony. Uh, The LAPD records say that um, Bridges was arrested on a warrant. Didn't provide further details. That's per the LA times that looked into it. And LA and LAPD spokesman, I think confirmed that he was released on bail and the court date is set for July 20th. So actually, we might find out more about this um, on next week's show. 
But Jalen Br- uh, Jalen Brunson, my goodness, I beg your pardon. Miles Bridges is is one of the last um, big pieces to drop as well on the free agent market. I mean, along with DeAndre Ayton, actually, there's probably no other bigger one left than Miles Bridges. Um, I think Colin Sexton is unsigned from Cleveland. And I think that's it. Like a lot of a lot of other big names have have re-signed. So or or gone to other teams. Um Montrez Harrell, I think from also from Charlotte, has also is also unsigned. I think that's it. Like there's not many other big names still available. So and again, that's strictly talking free agency. So it's it's Aiton and then it's the two the two players from Charlotte, Bridges and Harrell, you throw in Colin Sexton, that's it. So a lot of the stories now are, are going to shift to the KD, Kyrie, and, and at the moment, DeAndre Ayton saga. That That's really what everyone's going to be talking about for the next few weeks until this all gets sorted out, you know? And I find it fascinating Again, um, we talked about this last week, but I'll just reiterate it for those that missed it a week ago. But one thing is very clear, right? One thing is very clear. The future for the Brooklyn Nets is not looking very nice right now. It's looking pretty catastrophic. I can't remember a super team that flopped this quickly. I can't think of one. Now you can make, you know, do we call this a super team? Cause it's two, it's, it's a super team. It's KD, Kyrie, James Harden, now Ben Simmons. It's a super team. It's a super team. There's three superstars involved, no matter how you slice it. So again, when the Ben Simmons, James Harden trade happened, my whole thought was, all right. I mean, do you want to hitch your wagon to Ben Simmons to continue the super team? And clearly, Brooklyn's organization did. KD and Kyrie, and it could be for many other reasons as well, have not. And that was not enough for them, especially for Kyrie, it appears, to want to stick around. And for KD, as soon as he heard Kyrie was upset and he wanted to leave, he's like, I'm out. Trade me. So... There's a lot happening here. And then again, this whole, well, actually, Kyrie might want to come back to Brooklyn, blah, blah, blah. Stop it. Stop it. Absolutely ridiculous. Something that anybody that has followed the NBA can see right through. That is, what's the word? Posturing? That is, hey, remember, I'm still available. I could go back. So can we get this done already? I don't want to be here anymore. That's a nudge. That's what Kyrie just did publicly. Little nudge to those NBA teams out there. Hey, can we get this over with? I really don't want to be here. I'm done with Brooklyn. Can someone just get me out of here already? Please. I don't want to do this anymore. Take me away. Get me to the team I want to be on. Let's, I've had enough of this. That's what that is. I think KD is being a little bit more calculated here 
because he's got some nice options available to him. We've already highlighted a couple of them. Going to Phoenix makes Phoenix arguably the best team in the NBA. Going to Golden State makes them the best team in the NBA. No question about it. No debate. And you reunite that crazy good super team that won two titles together, both over LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, who had Kyrie on their team at the time. So there's a lot to look at as far as KD options, as far as Kyrie options. And my goodness, I mean, it really the rest of this offseason, it comes down to the trade market with Donovan Mitchell, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, and then a few free agency things that have to drop. Most notably, DeAndre Ayton. The Miles Bridges thing does matter. Montrez Harrell, Colin Sexton. But it's really those first few bullet points. That's what this comes down to. Those are the big moments still to come in this NBA offseason. And I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, next week, a lot can change. I I mean, (laughs) next week, it could be quite crazy. Before we wrap up, because we've touched on just about everything. I do want to put a little bit of a show note in here at the end for next week. So for those that have followed the show, I've been traveling a lot this season in particular for my main job, my play-by-play job, uh, doing a lot of soccer games and getting, getting to do some sideline reporting this year as well. I've traveled to Texas. I've been all around Florida during this season. And now I'm actually going back home. Uh, for 10 days it's not for work I'm excited it's just for it's just for family events and and catching back up with friends and and things of that nature I'm very excited so I'll be back in the tri-state area for next week's podcast the next podcast I record will be back in the tri-state area so I'm excited to be home I haven't been home for a summer in the tri-state area I think for three years something like that two or three years and I'm excited to be back the reason I'm bringing this up, I mean, number one, I do update you all on, on this quite a bit, just to be transparent. I try to be as transparent with this stuff as possible. But the big reason is I don't know what day yet I'm going to get a chance to record the podcast. My, I'll just say this, my 10-day my stretch that I'm going to be there is packed with family stuff and with stuff with friends. Normally, I would record on the Thursday. That's the plan right now is to record on the Thursday and not record on the Wednesday. But things can change. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. Stuff is shifting. You know, I'm trying to do as much as I can with family and friends while I'm there. It's just this is just a heads up. This is just a heads up that if I don't record when I normally record, it's because I'm moving a lot of things around trying to see and do as many things as possible while I'm at home before I come back down to Florida. That's basically the heads up I'm giving you. But for the time being, I still plan on recording on the Thursday. That's still the plan. Um, and if I can, I'm, I'm hoping to do some writing while I'm back in the Tri-State area. If not, I will pick that back up Uh, when I return to the Sunshine State towards the end of the month. That's basically the update for you. Any questions on that? Any thoughts on the Knicks? 
the NBA offseason, all that good stuff. You guys know where to find me. At SJ7 on Twitter. That's the best place. That's the best place to find me. The only other place that might be better to find me is Instagram. Real Sean St. Jacques on Instagram. Um, I don't check it as much as I check Twitter, though. So Twitter is the best place to find me. And, of course, you can always hit me up. Postingandtoasting.com. Shock Shock Nick's podcast in the comments section below. Or um, articles that I write. I've already written a few for the website. Um, very excited about uh, doing that further during the offseason. Really excited about getting a big workload from that during the regular season. Um, that is a place where you can hit me up as well. Comment section under the articles I write. And if you got podcast stuff, you can hit me up. Throw it, throw it there as well. So with that being said, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Thank you all so much, as always, for listening week in and week out. We never stop doing the podcast. You never stop listening to it, and it is very much appreciated. Have a great week, everybody, and we will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.